Hello again, I'm Peter Stewart. In the first of our pre-launch episodes, we looked at the history of Rygate. But of course, planet Rygate has other towns and villages in its orbit, and that's what we're looking at in this second pre-launch edition of the Planet Rygate podcast. There had been a long-term settlement called Warwick Town, and another at Redhill Common to the southwest, and a few scattered houses and farms which had been grouped together under the unbecoming name of Rygate Foreign, so within the manor of Rygate, but outside the immediate area. Now let me tell you about the Battle of Redhill. Although the Civil War had ended in 1646 with King Charles I defeated, he arranged for his supporters in the southeast and elsewhere to stage royalist uprisings. And in Surrey on the 5th of July 1648, the royalist Earl of Holland and the Duke of Buckingham raised 500 men and marched to occupy Rygate and its castle and put an outpost on the Red Hill, what is now Red Hill Common. They were attacked and defeated in the Battle of Red Hill, which actually was more of a skirmish. The Royalists elsewhere in the southeast got to hear the news, decided to retreat in the direction of Kingston, but they were overtaken and defeated in skirmishes at Yule and again at Kingston, and that all ended the Surrey Revolt. So, how did Red Hill go on to develop? When the road from Gatton Point to Hawley through Red Hill was opened in 1818, the Red Hill Common Settlement benefited from the passing trade, particularly from stagecoaches, and then a bigger boost with the trains that came. The earliest local station was known as Red Hill and Rygate Road, and it was near the present Earlswood Station. But when the Ashford-Kent branch was laid... In 1842, a new station was built at Red Hill called uh, Rygate Junction. And this caused a problem, not because of the name, but because at first there wasn't a track between the two stations. So if you were going from Kent to Brighton or the other way, you got off at one station and had to walk a mile to the other one. And so the east end of the parish of Rygate sprang up as the centre of railway traffic. And it said Rygate itself, hostile to these new developments, contented itself with a subordinate station on a branch line, even if it did have a level crossing obstructing the main London road. Redhill, not the most suitable site for a town, as it turned out, as it was marshy particularly at Red Hill Brook. Indeed, my first flat was on Brook Road in Red Hill. The area's long been prone to flooding, and many of the buildings back then built on rafts or piles to lift them up out of the, the swamp area. But drainage and improved methods of road-making slowly overcame those problems. Nearby, the quarries, lakes and lagoons around Earlswood, Mercer's and the Watercolour Estate. The aerodrome, built in 1933, mainly for private flying at first, and then a fighter base with Spitfires were stationed there during World War II. The hospital has its origins in the Rygate Cottage Hospital on Albert Road North in Rygate in 1866 and it moved to White Post Hill on the northern edge of Red Hill Common as the Rygate and Red Hill Hospital in 1871 and became the East Surrey Hospital in 1923 and joined the National Health Service in 1948. 
The current building, with 700 beds, was opened at Three Arch Road in 1981. Indeed, when I first started working as a reporter at Radio Mercury, remember that, it was still called the new East Surrey Hospital. Well, to the west of Reigate, along the A25, coming back to our market town, past the various garden centres, of course, there are three villages, each beginning with B. First of all, there's Brockham. Nothing to do with badgers. Brockham, originally from Brookham, a bend in a brook. And, of course, the village green is a focal point for the village, once popular there for its cricket matches... W.G. Grace is said to have played there. And it's a focal point for Guy Fawkes bonfires every year on the closest Saturday to the 5th of November. It has been, at times, the UK's largest bonfire and fireworks display, believed to date back to the 1880s. Around 20,000 people gather around the village green. Over four tonnes of fireworks typically light up the sky. Then we come to Betchworth, a farm or enclosure belonging to a person or family called Betchy, but also known, of course, for its lime quarries used in cement for the construction industry. The six lime kilns along the Pilgrim's Way footpath in Betchworth are scheduled ancient monuments. And, of course, the planet Rygate area boasts two castles in Rygate itself and also here, a mostly crumbled ruin of a fortified stone house from 1086 a scheduled monument, albeit in the lowest category. You can walk nearby, but railings stop you going onto the ruin itself, partly because of an unstable network of cellars. It was bought for just one pound by local man Martin Higgins, and is currently undergoing a long-term conservation. And from Brockham and Betchworth, finally... Buckland. Mentioned in the Doomsday Book, it was then owned by John of Tunbridge, who also owned about one-third of Surrey at the time. Now, since the 13th century, Buckland's Lord of the Manor has owned most of the land in the parish. The estate was last sold in 1653 for the huge sum of £5,000 to George Brown. And the current estate owner, Dominic Sanders, has a family trace from George Brown to the present day. That's almost 350 years of inherited family line residence. And the estate still owns over half the land of the parish, managing farms, leasing a number of estate-owned houses, and used to lease the mineral rights for sand extraction. For such a small village, Buckland has the unusual distinction of having had three village greens. The oldest on Lawrence Lane is now farmed, but it used to be the site of the workhouse. The second is Rectory Green at the bottom of Rectory Lane, and the green that we now know is one of the most picturesque in Surrey, with the pond, the towered barn and the church. Of 250 homes in Buckland, 28 are listed buildings, including the church, Buckland Windmill of course, and the gatekeeper's cottage by the level crossing. Buckland is also the location of the source of the Shag Brook, which is a tributary of the River Mole. Local legend says the brook was the home of a monster called the Buckland Shag, and this beast 
would drag travellers from the nearby coaching road and devour them on the shag stone, a large boulder in the brook with a blood-red vein of iron ore running through it. And so the road leads back to Rygate. This is the second pre-launch episode of the Planet Rygate podcast. We launch on September the 15th with great stories from places you love and people you know. Find out more on the planetrygatepodcast.com.